0: Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week we're going to cover the K-Box RDL, another staple with the Eccentric K-Box. Make sure that you're able to get to full extension with the strap. So You may need it to go a little bit longer than you would initially guess. And from there, I really like to make sure that the middle of my foot is around right where the gap, where the strap goes through so that we can make sure that the tether goes straight up and down. From that point, give the wheel a spin, push your hips back, your shoulders locked in, and really work back into those hips. This is a great alternative to using the barbell or a dumbbell for the RDL. Give it a try, it's one your athletes are sure to love. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge Better methods and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kierwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches, and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you. Well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Coach Lee, fired up to get this down, man. We've been trying to do this for a minute here, and I'm I'm excited we could finally, in this COVID craziness, get one of these, get one of these recorded.
1: Hell yeah. I'm excited to be here, man. I've uh I've I've really respected you for a for a very long time. I know you've been you've been having some serious skin in the game and longer than than I have, and you you truly, I think, are a guy that pushes this, this industry in the right direction. And um you know it's 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 been been good to follow you and especially as I was a young strength coach even and the resources you put out there I just I'm very thankful to have you as a I'd be able to call you a colleague in this in this industry
0: well I appreciate that man I do you know same right back at you I mean, we want to talk about people pushing the profession forward I'm sure at some point we'll you know talk about COVID and coaches versus COVID and all of that but before we dive too into this you know too far for the three quarters of a human that's listening right now. Who is Matt Gildersleeve and, and how do you get up to Buffalo?
1: Yeah, um I pro- probably a, a a unique journey in the sense of it's it's really went went pretty well planned. Um I was a guy that as a young 16-year-old, it was when I knew this is what I wanted to do. I went to my first NSCA conference and when I was 18, went to my first strength conditioning clinic when I was 16. And so this is something that's been a passion of mine. For a very, very long time, uh, you know, some I was, like I said, studying at it. I went to college as a freshman. I mean, I, I knew this is what I want to do for a living, and I kind of mapped it out and had a plan and and, and executed it. And I've been very, very fortunate along the way to, uh, you know, I'm 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 part of that club that's 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 been fired and rehired, and I figured all that that stuff out and been through some of the bumps, but um, nonetheless, it's it's I think it's certainly allowed me to. To have maybe some of the perspective that I have on things, just because I certainly am younger. I'm a, I'm a younger younger coach, but I've, I've, I've known and I've studied and I've, I've wanted to do this for a very long time. So I've, I've mentally maybe been in the industry longer than I physically have even. Um, so, but I'm just, I'm very passionate about trying to give people the experiences uh, that I had and, and trying to give people maybe advice that I wish I would have had at a younger age and just trying to make the profession better for the coaches that come come next, you know, the ones that come behind us. I just want to really passionate about trying to leave it better than we found it.
0: Yeah, I think that that's one thing that is really important and it's, we start to look at stuff when it comes to leaving things better than we found it. You know, one thing that we were kind of talking about before was really the the state of what we are doing in the world of sport performance strength and conditioning whatever we're calling ourselves on this wednesday afternoon that we're talking so let's start with that and then let's start working our way around around that idea
1: yeah you know this is this is something that I'm, on on my podcast i was about to just sound off on and you know we're, we're I think we're certainly heading in the right direction. Um, I think there's there's uh, there there's always a shift in our industry that I think will constantly be evolving as far as programming methods and 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 things. But I think the one thing that I, I see constantly in our in our industry is we think we're we think we're open minded, and then we end up having that open mind take us to one end of the spectrum that completely. Disregards the other end, um, you know. I think one of the things my my college coaches always tell us is never fear an opponent, but always respect it. And I kind of always looked at other people's opinions that same way in this industry. Is you know, it's 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 it might not be the way I do things, but I'm still going to find a way to respect what you do if you have a if you have a why if it's something that you you have. It's it's even like some some like this. Here's an analogy: is I take the same walk. Two to three times a day, especially in COVID, around my neighborhood, right? And I always walk out of my my driveway and I turn right, and so I always get this perspective of these houses, of how they look when I'm walking past them a certain direction. Well, last week I decided I'm going to turn left and I'm going to walk this backwards. So instead of going right out my on my neighborhood, taking the same exact loop I've been taking now for eight months, said so I'm going to turn left, same exact loop. I didn't take one different step, did the exact same thing, just went the opposite direction. And I was blown away at how that walk felt completely different. The way I saw the houses, different trees that I notice uh, the, the fencing in some houses, I didn't landscape, just things I never saw before, just from looking at things differently. And I think we're missing that. I think in our industry, we're constantly turning right. I want to see what I want to see. I want to see things from my angle we got to turn left every once in a while. We got to be able to look at things with a different perspective, whether you agree with it or not, just having that different lens is going to allow you to see even what you believe in, in a complete different fashion. You'll see things that you've never seen before.
0: Do you think that that's possibly, and I think that's a brilliant analogy, but do you think that that's possibly going back and thinking about how you're seeing things differently? Do you think that's because, you're seeing it differently or because going the same way, it's what you're expecting to see because it's what you've always seen. One One thousand
1: percent. And I'll I'll give a, a shout out here to, to Tommy Moffitt down at LSU who I didn't get to spend a ton of time with coach. I was with him in, in 2012 um, for probably three months as an intern before I got called up as a graduate assistant back to, to the University of Akron. But when I... You know, the thing about this industry is when you think you know the most, you know the least, and as you learn a lot more things, you actually feel dumber. You, you you learn like, oh my gosh, there's so much I don't know. And so at least for me, like I told you a young age, I knew I wanted to do this. I wanted to find that one magical way. How many times a week do you train athletes? How many reps do you take on a 30 on yard sprint? What's the optimal rep range for squatting? And so I wanted those, those singular reductionist Answers, and that's what I was searching for. And I just asked Coach Moffitt one of you know, whatever. I can't even remember the second guy was there. Well, Coach, we're doing a, a three or a four day split right now. You know, why why do you do the four four day split? Why is that better? And man, like he immediately was just like, "Sleep, I've I've done it all. I've done four day splits, three day splits. I've done a combination of both. I've done upper. I've done." That. And he goes goes through all these different ways, and I'm like, "Well, what was the best? What worked the best?" And he's, "They all work, Matt. They all work." It's, 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 it's there's no there's no one best way. Every variation of it works. Um, it's just you know what kind of team do you have? What do you need at a certain point in time? And so he was super open minded with those kind of things. I think that probably set me off in the in the right direction. Um, but yeah, I absolutely think that you know it's the law of attraction, right? Like what you think, you're constantly going to 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 bring to reality. That's just that just is what it is. So if I'm constantly, you know, if I have a of a, of a lens of of you know, it's a so as issue. It's a, well, everything's going to be a so as issue. If that's my my lens that I that I have, but the the more the more diverse lenses that I can have, the, the better I'm going to be able to see things. So, no, I, I think you're one thousand percent right. Is is yeah? You 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 learn to look for what you want to look for.
0: Yeah, man. So I I think that that's awesome because that ties in with something oddly that like. So the staff and I, the guys I get to work with here at Uvar, we're we're doing 75 hard. So if you don't, people don't know what that is. It's There's a Google bar. You can go look it up. I'm not going to waste your time. Uh, but the guy who runs the podcast that it came from, kind of a conspiracy theorist to some of the things going on, but he's got a lot of like really good points that he talks about. And, and the, the, the last one that he talked about recently was uh, he talked about how we're, we're now starting to reward people for quitting, and that really drove me to start deep, digging deeper into things that like are making me uncomfortable. That I'm not. That I don't know. That I don't understand. Like that make me find better ways to get information to people or spread the word with what we do with seed So started reading a business book of late, and you talked about. The law of attraction and seeing what you want to see. Well, this, this guy who wrote this book. Talks about how Finding alternative views instead of just sitting there discarding it right away. What what he ended up doing was listening to somebody or watching some like Intro DVD that someone had about some sales strategy marketing, whatever. And it took him 24 times to actually figure out what in the hell this guy was talking about. And it made him like half a million dollars. And it's just like, I'm sitting there reading that and I'm just like, and it goes back to like what I talked about after coaches versus COVID like with your talk where there was like some stuff that like I had written off and then you showed how it fit in what you were doing. And it was kind of like one of those like, you know, those cheesy light bulb moments where it's like, oh dude, I'm wrong. Like that's that's where I'm missing it. And I, and I couldn't agree more. I think that we sit here, you know, and we want to look at our programs, you know, Jay's the one by 20 guy, right? And it's like, little would anybody know that right now, because of the group we have, we're doing like two or three lifts a day, like five, six, seven days a week with these guys for like, eight sets of five or 12 triples or whatever. It's like, because this team's different. Like I got cats that are 20 plus years old who've got, they don't got miles on their knees. They got miles, you know, like, what are we doing? It's, it's totally different. So like being able to take that step back, listen, and then maybe even disagree and be able to discuss why, it's probably because of this, that's my phone for those of you listening, has been a lost art.
1: Yeah, and I, and I we were texting about this last week too, but we're, we're grown men. Imagine your 20, 21-year-old brain. How in the hell are our young coaches navigating this right now? Like, can you imagine trying to navigate that right now? Well, I respect Jay DeMail, but Jay says this. But I also respect Matt Gildersleeve that he says this. So, can you imagine trying to navigate this industry right now,
0: especially like with the, the Twitter war? Like, what are we doing? Dude, I, I, there's been multiple times where I've been like, If it wasn't for this show, I was just going to get off Twitter. Like, I just like, I can't even look at it. Like, I'm just like, what are we like? Some of it's funny, but like at the end of the day, there are multiple levels to this. When things are bad, more often than not, people understand that things are bad. Me being like, sleeve, look, that's bad. That's bad, that's bad. that's bad, that's bad. that's bad it's like yo I got it bro. like what are we gonna do to fix stuff? And I think that that's where we are like the whole world is right now really. but us in this microcosm that we are in of this small portion of the the overall world, not even just the sporting world, of just identifying problems and not trying to find a solution is it's it's tiring
1: judgment judgment without context is ignorance one thousand percent and you said it right certainly we are we are very ignorant as as a sports performance industry but as a world right now and that's what we're training we're training people to be ignorant we're training people to choose sides we are narrowing the lens as a society but we're, we're certainly not trying to to break that mold as a sports performance industry either. And that's, that's like, that's my goal right now. Like that's where we need to be, you know, cause people, I mean, I got, I got plenty of people that I call all the time. That I have pretty good relationships with, but I'll just be straight up with them. Just listen, man, I don't like you're sounding off about this. Do you even have the context of what they're, you know, what they're doing? Like the, the, The big thing was was Georgia Tech doing curls, but I mean, like, do you even know the context of what what he's doing and why he's doing it before you and whether I agree with it or not? Like, let me get the context before I I make a especially a social judgment on that, because you do have a responsibility. You do have a platform, Jay DeMail. So you're responsible for your freaking words and what you put out there. And, and and yes, you do impact our industry, and and most of the people posting things do. So take responsibility for your actions, like, and that's so. So think about like what is a subliminal message you're sending when you do things like that? Because it ain't a positive one. It's a it's it's an ignorant one. It's a I'm I'm going to pass judgment before I understand the context of what he's doing. Now, do I think there's a smart way of training and a dumb way of training? Absolutely. Do so I think there's an optimal way of training and an excessive way of training? Absolutely, I have my own opinions, but I still want to try to understand everybody's context. And you know, I was I was really really blessed to get put on this um, this like big leadership council with with Coach uh, Coach Leipold, where it whereas like some of the, the bigger Division One football coaches and like a bunch of five star generals. Um, and and one of the five star generals said, my definition of maturity is the ability to understand other people's perspective. How mature are we as an industry right now? How mature are we as a world right now? Very immature. I, I mean, just look at social media. How willing are we to try to understand other people's perspective? And I have never heard maturity defined like that. And I mean, I was like the first, I started like 10 times, wrote it down. Maturity is, is being able or the willingness to understand someone else's perspective. How often do you do that you're you're listening right now? How often do you, and how much time do you spend trying to understand people's perspectives versus
0: just trying to pour yours now someone else's throat? Yeah, and I think that that's a really big question that we all should ask ourselves, you know, like the bigger problem with that too, though, right? Is if you look at this social media world is understanding people's perspectives doesn't get you likes and retweets. No, it's not popular. And that's what's scary is it's like, are we now moving to a situation where, for example, let's say we were to bring people in, let's say COVID vanishes magically and we can have a seminar in 2021. We can actually put 150 people in a room. It won't spontaneously combust. Like we'll be able to actually like talk to people and drink a beer and have conversations. Can we put people in there, someone who's gonna talk about movement technique and then someone who's gonna talk about like the whole emergence idea of building agility. Are they gonna be able to talk back and forth or is it going to just be like, no, you're stupid. No, you're stupid. You no, know, and I think that and, and we've all I mean we all can point the thumb at some point with that like we've all been there at some point. Absolutely. But I think that that next step for us. Is what is going to end out being where we can start to probably gain a little bit more respect and traction like what we want overall in coaching. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? I mean, so
1: what, what is your advice to coaches then? Like, what do you, we got to make this change. What can we
0: as coaches do better? Oh man. Well, I think the big thing is to take a pause, right? Like it's really easy to emotionally post something on social media. if you're just basically posting the same thing that someone else posted in your own words is it really going to end out being something that's productive now if it's something that's egregious and something that people in your opinion really do need to take a stand for then i think that's a different situation but i do also think that as much of a problem as these things are right we don't use the icon in the bottom left corner enough. no one calls anybody you know no one talks about any of these things to actually sit here and say um, like i don't know I have a better term what are you thinking like what are you doing you know, and I think that in a clickbait society where likes and retweets and memes and gifts are what have driven everything. Forward and how people entertain themselves. I think that that's going to be a bigger challenge than we think. Yeah, I think I would challenge people too. is,
1: is I guess right now grab a piece of pen or grab a pen, a piece of paper, write down your biases. Do you know what your biases are? Because we all have them. I mean, and it does, it's not wrong. That's where I think people think like the people think that biases are negative. It's, it's human nature. You're going to have them. What's negative is having bias and not understanding your bias. Like I got to know that the lens that I look at through how I assess information, through how I assess athletes, through how I assess our team's culture. I'm going to have biases, subconscious biases. If I don't understand them, I'm not even giving it a fair shake. And so how many of you listening right now could name one of your biases? Like what, what, what's something that you have a subconscious, a subconscious bias. And that might be the way you view, uh, in the way you view training, where it might be. Here's one thing that I do. I'm, I'm, I do this all the time. I'm a huge reader. I love reading, I read I read every single day. I try to read 60 books a year, but what I am always bad about is I get engulfed in the sense of, Let's say I'm, once again, let's say I'm reading a book on, on, on the foot, right? On the, the, the biomechanics of the the ankle soleus gastroc complex. Well, then what does my bias become all of a sudden now I'm looking through. everything like, it's gotta be the foot, right? Well, what about the other 59 books I read this year? Where'd those go? And so that's something that I constantly have to remind myself of is as I'm reading, like, dude, it's one book. Don't forget about the other. 500 that you've read and don't forget to turn your brain off because now everything it's, it's law of attraction that's like i'm guilty hey i just bought a red car now all i see is red cars right and and we're terrible with that in strengthening too i know i'm not the only one that's guilty of it but at least i know i'm guilty of it and so what you're listening to this right now can you get a pen out and a piece of paper can you write down what you're what you're subconsciously biased about or maybe consciously biased about do you know those things because that's a hell of a start
0: yeah, and I think a lot of that start could just be like, who are you learning? Who have you learned from? And what are you looking at right now? You know, like whoever you were under, whoever taught you, are the people that you're going to look at things and be like, their way's the right way. Even though there's, I mean, in this world, there's obviously someone who looks at things 180 degrees different. They might not be wrong. And again, like there may be something that you can pull from that. That maybe doesn't even need to replace something right. I think that that's like probably part two sleeve where we get into these ruts right is that we get afraid subconsciously that Oh, you know what? Like that stuff that, that Matt was talking about, the coaches versus COVID. You know, I don't, I don't do that. So I gotta, hmm, he's right. Yeah. You know, I gotta, I gotta replace everything. I gotta change it. And it's like, well, like maybe that was just like the step before, you know, like, it's okay to, to be wrong. Like, when you just just like this like this is what I was thinking about today. We talk about all these things and injury reduction and yada 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 right. And when you look at all these research studies like we're going to talk about Jay's opinion of being wrong. We talk about like landings and landing mechanics how important it is. And we spent a lot of coaches spend a lot of time on landing mechanics I've I've never understood it. So I'm like you don't want to land and stop you want to land and go the other way like you want to play it and go like why are we teaching them to stop. And then like somebody like another person just got hurt like in the NFL. Another big time player I'm just like if all this stuff is telling us and all this research is telling us that this is what prevents injuries and we constantly have the best of the best getting traumatic injuries. I don't care what your study says it ain't working. Like I don't care if Jimmy and Becky are, are fine now because they can play under 12 soccer. I'm sure they're great kids and they've got great parents, you know, and everything's fancy and happy for them. But yo man, like Sunday, if Josh Allen landed wrong and his shoulder went out and he was out, I would have cried, you know, like that's not going to work for me. Like the bills are good. Finally. Like I can't not have that keep going, you know, like so don't, we talk about like research shows things that work, but then you look in the real world and there's all these massive injuries. Well, do they? You know? I guess that that's just my thing right now. It's like, but do they? I don't know. Correlation isn't causation.
1: Causation no doubt. Is no doubt. Yeah, it's, it's, I would say that's, that's probably, that is, the other thing that I think we are certainly going the wrong direction, or probably always have been, you know, is is we are we we have such a reductionist lens that we look through as strength coaches, as in, I took one tenth off his forty, he's going to be a better football player. What? Like, where where did you read that? Like, how how do you know that? Or oh, we got better at landing mechanics, so we're going to have less ACL injuries. Like, do you know how complex the human body is? And we're going to try to, we're going to try to re- reduce it to, to that. Or we're going to try to say that this is, exa- or that was one thing that set me off on freaking Twitter the other day is someone posts like, uh, Saquon Barkley catching a clean with a slight valgus knee bend like four years ago. And goes, this is why he tore his ACL. Like, are you, are you serious right now? Like that's, that's how reductionary we're going to be in our, in our lens of how we're looking at. These injuries, and you know, you got everybody that's trying to quantify every every Sunday injury that we have in the NFL. And it's just like, how many variables go into an injury? How many do we control? How much of it is just you know, but you try to you try to rationalize an irrational system, and we do it on a daily basis as as, as sports performance
0: coaches. Trying to rationalize an irrational system. Yes. Yes, and I think that when we are sitting here, especially like the sport of football, right? I mean, like probably everybody in the world, if you've ever heard Louis Simmons talk, one of my favorite people I've ever gotten to talk to. But if you can't hear when I say force equals mass times acceleration, if you can't hear Louis say it, and you never really talk to Louis because he says it all the time in every discussion but we're making bigger athletes that are faster and accelerate better. There's more force going into their body, into these cuts, into all these things. And yeah, like COVID put people in a bad spot. Yeah, there are some different mechanisms and some different things that are popping up, no pun intended, but to sit here and try to Quantify from your computer and break down everything that is going wrong. As opposed to, yo, college basketball. Are we paying attention to what is going on with the NBA? Are we paying attention to what's going on with Major League Baseball and with football, with the NFL, and even college football? Where are there some problems? What are some things that we might want to take a step back and say, y'all, we're really going to play 30. We got to make sure that we've got a couple of, you know, T's crossed and dot and I's dotted because not learning from other mistakes is even worse than the people that made the mistakes. 100% and, and, and it's, and, and like I said, I don't,
1: I don't mean to, I don't mean to get on here and like, I, I want people to understand, I, I make these same mistakes. I'm, I'm the guy that looks at an injury report and literally tries to go through each one and go, man, what could we have done to prevent this? You know, it, was it, was it his hamstring to quad ratio? Did we not educate him enough on hydration and sleep? Like what? And, and so I'm, I'm just as guilty as you are, but yeah, I mean, making, I'm, I'm never afraid of making mistakes, Jay, like that's something that i am I've, I've always I've always been comfortable with it. Cause I, I know it's going to happen. Like, I know, I know it's going to happen, but the one thing I refuse to ever do is, is not learn from them. And if I can learn from somebody else's mistake, that just fires me up. And that's really why I try to have as many conversations as I can. It's like, I don't, you know, yeah. yeah I want to talk to you about the good things that you're doing in your program, but I also want to know, like, be comfortable telling me the things that you're not doing well, that you, that you messed up. And that's why I should, I, I was going through my computer the other day and just looking I have you know, my, my folder of all the presentations that I were given and I've given a presentation that was just on my mistakes. And I'm like, I think it's my favorite, pre- I forgot about it. I think it's my favorite presentation I've ever given. It was a 45 minute presentation on all the mistakes that I've made. And it was just me trying to say, guys, just don't make these same mistakes. Try to find a way to, to learn from mine to once again, make, you know, whatever. If you can say, make make a, an athlete not have to experience this then great, don't make them do it. If you can have an employee that doesn't experience this because I told you this, more than willing to do it. And that's where I'm not afraid to air that shit out, man. Like, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm I'm humble enough to stand up here and tell you that, that you know, yeah, I think we do some things really, really well here. And we've, we've done some things to be successful, but I've made my fair share of mistakes. I promise you that. And, and yeah, you're spot on, man. Like, take the time to try to learn from other people's mistakes. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to call someone up and say, not just asking what they're doing well, but what is something that you need to improve on in your program today? What's a mistake you made five years ago? What's something you made at a young age that you would change? Learn from people's mistakes.
0: Nailed it, Coach, I love it. Yeah, and I think that doing a presentation like that is really important. And I, I think that the next thing that also is important is how the big thing that we like to do is talk about like things that we do for specific aspects of Preparation right like this is how we break down our energy system work. this is how we reverse engineer things. So we look at speed. So we start looking at these mechanics and we start working on these drills, and then we start doing these things. And then we get all the way through. And then the last thing that said is You know, if you have any questions, contact me here. But we don't like to post results very often. And I think that if you're going to talk about a speed program, you need to talk about how fast kids got You know, I think that cam talked about that, like with you guys this summer and actually started putting out numbers of improvements and things like that. And I was like, You that's pretty rad man, like like dude gets it. Dude's got some things dialed in. He's not like saying it with his chest. He's like, Hey, I mean, like, this is just what we did. I don't know. Yeah, putting it out there, the yeah. yeah, is this cool? Like, are you better? Are you like, can this help you? Do I need help? Like, what do you? You know, and I think that that's that's important. You know, and I, you know, I've, I've been lucky to learn a lot from Joseph Johnson, and like, that's all he says is he's like, okay, you're doing something different. Okay, why? What's get? What's it doing better? And I'm like, I mean, X, Y, and Z. He's like, okay, can you quantify it? Like, is it like showing you things better? I'm like, yeah, with A, B and C. And he'd be like, okay, cool. Because like, if you're doing something better than I am, like, I want to know. Like, that's it. Like, if you're not doing it better than you were, then why are you doing it?
1: I think, too, the, that that that's honestly, I mean, that's one of the tricky things is trying to figure out is, is we say it's working, but what is it? And, and, and we, we try to say, okay. And then as, as coaches, same thing, we, we, we reduce it. Cause that's what we do. We like to isolate and reduce, we reduce it to one thing and say, man, that glute activation stuff that we started, we added into the program. Haven't had a hamstring pull since. And once again, I'm guilty of, of, of doing this and saying this at a clinic. Right. But it's not the glute activation you added. It's the system, the system all works together. It's every piece of the sit. It is the back squats. It's a single leg squat. It's the way you warm up. It's the sprints you added. It's, it's the, the, the volume you took out here. And, but it's, it's, it's the whole system, right? It's like, it's like, uh, I can't remember where the hell I read this, but you know, Jay, if, if I, if I just talked into your right ear right now, like what does an ear do? An ear listens is what somebody would say. Okay. If I cut your ear off, and stuck it on a table and talked into your ear. Would you still hear?
0: Yeah,
1: no. Your ear don't do nothing without a brain. So it's the system. The ear doesn't work. The ear doesn't listen. It's all. It's all a system. Just like if you don't have an ear, you, you can't hear either. It needs the brain. The brain needs the ear. The ear needs the brain. So to reduce to reduce things, it's dangerous, man. You you got to ass, you have to assess the system too. The system's working or the system's broken. But it's not, it's not one small piece. But once again, we like to reduce. We like to isolate. That's how we like to look at things.
0: Yeah, and I think circling all the way back that reductionist thought is what in a way is what we keep tripping over. It's tough. Yeah. Cause we just stub our toes every time we walk past the table, instead of sitting here and realizing the tables there and talking about different ideas and things of that nature. And it's, that's just what it is. It's, it's
1: tough. It's tougher to look at things like that, man. Like it's even, it's, it, I, it almost, it almost gives you anxiety to a certain extent of, of really, when you try to quantify the whole system, man, it's, it's tough to look at. Like it, it really is to, to really try to wrap your brain about, around around, the whole, the system as a whole, it's, it's a lot, but it, it's why it's, it's, it's everything that you do in life. but like you, you gotta, you gotta try to evaluate the the whole system together and not, I guess what's the easy way out. It's it's a lot easier for me to reduce something and isolate it and then evaluate it than it is try to evaluate the entire system together. And that, that's, that's in anything that's in marriage, that's in fatherhood, that's in being a coach, that's in training athletes, that's in a corporation, how a corporation works. It's, it's it's certainly the more complex way to look at it, but uh, I think it's 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 wildly beneficial to try to change your lens of how you look at things. And I would certainly challenge
0: it, and I would challenge listeners to to try to start doing that. Yeah, man, hundred percent. And I think that not just taking that step back and trying to identify issues or areas where you are being a reductionist in that sense. But I think that what has been helpful on top of that is starting to identify, and it's so funny that we're talking about this because we actually spoke about this uh, this morning before we we all, we trained together. Um, Like that's half the reason why the people had pulled in when we were doing our programming to this return to play stuff through COVID. It's like, I need someone to tell me I'm wrong. I need someone to tell me like, where we need to be better or where we can fix things or where I'm missing the boat. It's like a sports med guy and a, and a strength coach who came from a completely different background than I am is where it started and then it added another strength coach and another sports med person. Then all of a sudden it was, I mean, not, not 180 degrees different, but it was obviously like, I mean, it, it, it wasn't the same cake that we were making in the beginning. Um, and I think that that's why it was successful is because it wasn't mine, it was ours. And all too often, I mean, even when it comes to hiring or, or selecting people to to talk to, you, wanna, you want that confirmation bias and someone to tell you that what you're doing is awesome and you're great, and high fives and butt slaps and everybody, not with COVID, but like before, um, and everybody's happy and, you know, it's great. I, I don't think I've, hi- I've hired one person from the same tree that I've come from and that's it. Like I don't I don't see why I need someone to come in and tell me what I'm doing is right. Like I want someone to come in and tell me what I need to be better at. and I don't think that enough of us are willing to do that because we're afraid of the misses um because those are scary the misses in hiring not the misses in in programming the misses in hiring are scary because that's where it ends out being like w- then what do you do yeah
1: yeah I mean I think it's the power of devil's advocate is is incredible that's that's the thing i respect most about our head coach lance leipold here is that that was that was something that was new for me but whether he actually disagrees with you or not he plays devil's out he challenges more things than i've ever seen a leader challenge but i think that has made me so much better because once again it it's it's allowed me to look through things through a complete different lens you and you also like you're trained to do it now I'm trained to know that if I'm gonna bring an idea to the table, he's going to challenge it. So how, as I'm bringing that idea to the table, I've now thought about things six different ways that I would never thought about before. Well, we'll, how is he gonna challenge it from a culture standpoint? How is he gonna culture or challenge it from a a, a logistical standpoint? And and yeah, I mean, I think most important thing I thought you said there is, is people hire people that they're comfortable around and that are gonna tell them how good they are and what they do well you're, you're spot on I, find Get someone to come audit your program and, and say, Hey, what, you know, what do you see? What do you see that we can improve on? It's, it's what we, what we keep talking about, but it's easier said than done, man. Ego, ego is the enemy and, and people don't, people don't like that. But once again, what do you like coach? And what do I like is, is we just want to get better. And if that's true, if that's truly what you want to do, then you won't mind it. You'll, you'll embrace it, you'll love it, you'll welcome it. You'll you'll welcome, you'll welcome mistakes because mistakes lead to learning and I'm addicted to learning, I love it. Teach me
0: something and that's what I want, right? And this is even before a mistake. This is just like a, did you think of? This isn't even like something didn't work. This is like, hey man, so like, you know, <laughs> You like this type of ham, I like that type of ham. Like, have you ever tried this type of ham? Like, it's not like it's that much different. It's just like, you know, we got Virginia baked ham down here, you know, and you guys up there with Wegmans, you got like your Black Forest ham or the, the Wegmans ham off the bone. Yeah, I'm that big of an upstate New Yorker that I could tell you exactly what Wegmans has in the deli. So yeah, don't at me for that. Um, but it's like, ham is ham, but it's different ham. Like, it's not like we're sitting here and, and it would be like, oh, so we're looking at all this and it's like, oh, well, you should throw all of this away. And if you don't do snatches, you should only do snatches because you should do snatches. And if you don't do snatches, like you suck. Like, that's not like how those conversations go. Snatches win, snatches win championships
1: though. You know, you didn't know that? Here, let's go. Let's go here. Let's do this. This is what I want to talk about. Do we think, do we... Do we value ourselves too much as a strength coach? Do we do we value ourselves as saying, whatever Jaden Mayo does, that's gonna win us championships?
0: Without a doubt. And I think that most of us, most people would agree with that comma. They're afraid to say it because, Then it comes back to then what are we fighting for with all of the we work too much, the pay's too little, blah, 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 blah. So yes, and I think that understanding that and the importance of the player's understanding of the game are probably the two things that have flipped my career on its head have led to the best relationships I've ever had with kids from 16 in the swim club that I get to work with to pros in their 20s where it's here's the, here's the big rocks. You guys understand the big rocks. Okay. There's other big rocks that look like those big rocks. Like, you know, if you don't want to put a bar in your back, what do you think about front squatting or belt squatting or, you know, because at the end of the day, if my point guard can't play 37 minutes at his highest output, no one is going to give a rat's ass about how he's squatted. So maybe I should probably sit down and listen to him and talk to him about what's important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, I got, I got, I agree. I think it's, it's, you got, you have to find your value and show your value and that's, that's important. I think we as strength coaches the, we invest our value in a lot of the wrong places, as far as what we're most impactful for. You know, I was at Akron for seven seasons. It's a pretty long time to be out of school. That seventh season from just, if you just took numbers, just a number standpoint, fastest we'd ever been, if you took our average 40, strongest we'd ever been, if you took totals in the weight room, best, you know, least amount of injuries we ever had in seven years, best discipline we ever had, as far as least amount of being late, missing workouts, best it had been in seven years what happened got my ass fired okay so what kind of value did that have on winning and my point is is just because you squat more doesn't mean you're going to win just because you you know just because you run a fast for 40 doesn't mean you're going to win our value is our platform to me is is number one is is are you using your platform to change kids lives that that is the most most value that we have as far as longevity and really changing things is our ability and the platform we had to be around multiple young men or women or whatever you coach and, and change their lives. I think we have a ton of value in, in the culture of our program, as far as teaching these kids, the same thing, these young men, young women, how to do things, what's the right way, what's the wrong way, how we're going to do things at our at our, our program. And then to me, it's the sports performance piece of it. But it's not the other way around, and I just think there's there's way too many coaches that value themselves as once again we increase that forty, we increase the amount of championships we win. If we're the stronger team, we're gonna we're gonna win. I mean, I don't know honestly, coach. I if my team squats hundred pounds more than your team on average, and it's fourth and one on the goal line, using a football reference here but your team, my team has terrible culture and your team has great culture, a bunch of tough freaking dudes are going to get it. I take your team, you know, or my team that I can squat more. So it's, it's all a balance, right? It's all a balance of, of finding a way to instill culture of using your platform to, to grow and teach young men and young women and a sports performance piece of it, of it too. And I think our priorities there get, get off whack too because of what you said, because we, we do, Value ourselves as wins lost. Now, I think we have an extreme value in the programs. I think Jay DeMeo has an extremely high value um, as probably besides the head coach, probably the most valuable guy on that staff. I think that the strength coach does as well, but I think it's it, it's it's not for the reasons why we think we're valued high. Because at the end of the day, once again, we could be the and we could have all those things, right? We could have great young men and great young women. We could have the, the top sports performance in the world, a great culture, but if the offensive coordinator calls a bunch of terrible plays, we're still going to lose a game. So, the the amount of the I guess the effect we have on the outcome of the football game or the basketball game or whatever it is that you're you're playing, we need to put that in a check sometimes and really understand you know what are you doing, and if if it's not those first those first couple of things, just understand you know what you're investing your value in as a sports performance coach as well. And you know, if if it is strictly just sports performance, you're probably a private sector coach, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you're you're training people one on one, and you're strictly just isolated and reduced to that. Let me make your tangibles. Let me let me let me the things I can measure. Let me get those better. But if you're in a sports sports world, as far as you got a team,
0: it's a little different. Yeah, and I think that as soon as you start getting the team in. You can't separate the three. Exactly, because you're not going to get them to do what you needed them to do, if you don't have the other stuff with them. I mean, I hate I hate to reduce it down to that right there, but it it really is the the case, right? Like especially kids today, like if if you don't if they don't understand, like you can have all the talent in the world on somebody but if they won't show up on time and they won't do things the right way they're they're a culture burner and they're just going to you know they're just going to tear the team apart and these kids are going to start resenting that person until they transfer or i mean unless they're Shaq you know like if, if if you do that in your Shaq well in basketball it's a little different you know sometimes you have a little leeway because there's only five people on the floor but at the end of the day, if you're not putting out what you're putting in, there's people that are going to have a problem. with it.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, like, I, I hate, I'm, I'm hesitant to come on, especially you have, you have such a big platform that, that of you know, listeners and everything. I don't want people to think that you and I are just on here bitching about the industry right now, because I, I feel like we've given some good solutions on how to correct some of these things. Like it's not, I think, I think followers point out problems. I think true leaders point out solutions, and I think we've given some things to try. Now you're you're going to hear what you want to hear right now, and I hope when you when you leave this podcast, however you're listening to this right now or watching this, I hope you take away not all the ten things that you and I just brought up as issues, but I hope you understand that along the way, and maybe you got to rewind is we gave you solutions to try to work through some of these things. Uh, but but in, you know I've always been passionate about trying to leave this thing better than I found it. I think that the first thing that was ever pa- passionate line, like I, I, I wrote this down is I was going to show strength coaches that going on vacations was okay. Like I'm to me, like you ain't going to outwork my ass. Like I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to outwork. You. That's always been my thing. That same sentence though, I'll, I'll outplay you too. Like I have no shame in putting a, a family picture of me on a freaking beach with a Corona light in my hand, having a great time. And I've always been intentional about that. Like, I'm not gonna hide my personal life. It's, you know, you don't have to live in a book and work seven days a week to be a good strength coach or to be a a good professional. Travel the world. There's a lot to see. Get some diversity in your freaking life. Like, that was, I'm talking, when I was 23 and I became a head strength coach, that was the first thing that I'm like, if I change one thing in this industry, I'm gonna make people understand that you can get success at a very young age by working your ass off. But it's okay to have some fun too. And 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 for me, it's always been important to just try to send subliminal messages out there. But I just I'm a very positive guy. So I don't I don't want people to be like, damn, I listened to this and Matt Gillerson came on and bitched about the industry for 45 minutes. Like we brought up some points, but I think we brought up some solutions. at the end of the day, we're not trying to, to downplay things. We're just we're just trying to, to to keep pushing this thing forward, which it is, and and coach, I, I don't know if you agree or not, but honestly. I think we're heading in the right direction. There's just some correctives we got to make. I, I see a ton of great coaches out there doing phenomenal things, and there's so much great content out there right now. It's it's better than it's ever been before, and there's so many positives out there. But there's just a lot of people with some serious influence that I, I think we could we could be better with, and I just think that we got to take some responsibility on some of those things that we're putting out there, um, both in, in both directions, and. and I hope people, people take this and, and can get something of it, of, of, of positivity, not, Oh, we're all doomed. We're, we're screwed. Guys there's tons of good things out there, man. Let's just let, as always be nitpicking, find ways to improve and, and, and keep on growing.
0: Yeah, man, a hundred percent. I just think that again, at the end of the day, if you're not actually providing a solution and all you're doing is pointing at problems all you're doing is complaining so I think this has been a pretty rad chat I think that I'm there's some things that I obviously am taking from this also and I'm gonna like that whole idea of like writing down what your biases are I think that especially again like not to keep plugging the 75 hard thing but like sitting there and being able to be like yo like where should you be learning from and that that could include like like for people listening. Like that doesn't just mean like what you do in the weight room. Like for me like I'm a huge Gary Vaynerchuk nerd. Like I read all his stuff. I listen to his podcast. That's probably why I cuss too much and shit. That's why I do these shows because like basically he's like, if you don't do it, you're a loser. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be a loser. <laughs> so, um, you know, so that's what I do. And it's like, now it's like, okay, so who's somebody that's different that like, that you can learn from and, and take things from and who are people that are doing it different? And like, what can you figure out from them? And I think that that's that ability to take that step back and be like, and just exhale, right? And Be like, yo, like this is cool. But like, what can we do better? is is super important
1: what is this Some i love i always love talking about people especially people like you that have, have learned so much from so many different diverse opinions of people you have a process or what do you do to you you know whatever i come on the show you have 27 million other people that have come on the show how do you dissect those opinions and assess them and, and more or less find a way as hey does that have legs to it can I, is that can i apply that is that something that oh it's cool but i'm not going to use it or love that, let me put that in. you have a process for how you freaking all the information you're getting?
0: Yeah, I think that the big thing is when you're in this situation where you're the one sitting here listening and asking the questions, if you're the one that's gonna drive the direction of it, you're in the wrong seat. Like You have to be the passenger to understand what they're saying. And you have to give them the freedom to want to be able to share what they want to share, and then you can ask questions from there. And then with that, like that's why like when we start these before we get going, right? The first thing I ask is like, what are you fired up about, man? Like, what do you what do you what are you geeked up about? Because people are going to want to share the things that they're fired up about, and typically people are going to share the things that they're fired up about, not because like it sucks. Right like it's typically something that they're successful with or they're seeing success with or they're having fun doing. And that is something that no matter what it is you need to take into account and you have to listen to and if. Whether or not it'll fit in your life. You have to be able to step back and and evaluate later. But sitting here and listening you have to take everything that they're saying as it's successful in that area so now what how can you for example if we were to have changed this and gone a whole different direction and talked about sleep what are some things that you can actually do if like a few weeks ago we had Nelly on you know when he was talking about communication and all the graphics and how they dumb things down. Does that matter if you aren't using multiple pieces of information? Does it matter if you're doing things in the private sector? Does it matter if you're just doing it for yourself and to make sure that your training is moving in the right direction? Or is that something that you should be working on because you now understand that one of the best high performance directors in the country Who's doing a sensational job communicating, not just there, but through this again to everybody in the freaking country and the world? I mean, shoot, everything you put on the internet to the whole world. Like, what can you take from that so that you can start looking at? Because, you know, you were at Akron for seven years. I've been here for a while. Like, there may be another stop that's going to require you to do something different. There may be another team, or another situation, or heaven forbid, an injury that occurs that's gonna have to require you to do something differently. Just because you don't use it Thursday, doesn't mean you're not gonna use it Sunday. And that's where I think people trip, is they're like, well, running a symposium, right, dude? People always want to talk about well, what's the Monday morning stuff. What's the Monday morning stuff. We do the seminar when we do it because I don't see my guys Monday morning. So nothing for me is Monday morning stuff like Monday morning stuff for me is I need to watch as much of this as I can go through my notes the best I can. I need to redigest this because there's so much that people put into that. But I think that we want it to be too spoon fed. And then I think the other part of it is that it can't be the first conversation that leads to your definition of what you're gonna take because in a half an hour, 45 minutes, almost an hour that we've been talking, there's three or four things that both of us are probably gonna have to walk away from, sit there, look at hmm. Friday comes along Yo, when you said this like like this like yes no different way to look at it you know so there's a whole smorgasbord to it right like I wish that it was an easy answer and it didn't sound like this was just a long-winded rant but like There isn't. And I mean, like, I don't need to tell you this, bro, but there's like, again, like on my team, I've got two seniors. I got five senior starters, okay? Three are fifth years. One is a little under six feet tall, 160 pounds. One is right around six feet tall, 165 pounds. One is about six foot four. 230, 235, typically plays between 220 mid and 230 low. One is six foot seven, 220. One is six foot 11, 265. What is anything that you could possibly do going to work for all five of them other than giving them water to drink? Right? Like, Context is key. Hit the brakes. Listen and, and go that way.
1: I love two two things. I would I would note from that was I mean just because you won't use it on Thursday doesn't mean you won't use it someday. I right? think that's so valuable. I think there's a ton of value in going back and and revisiting things. I try to I try to at least you know whatever I try to I try to reread books that I think are very impactful in my life. Maybe a year later, maybe two years later, see if I can, I read differently. I go back and I, I label all my, you know, all my notepads. I got freaking, you know, you name it. I got these and I have them from 2011. I go, I try to take at least once every three months, just go back and, and read through one of them. See if I can, I can grab something different. But the big thing I think people miss is, I mean, you're a mentor now, Jay, whether you like it or not, you're a mentor. People look up to you, you mentor people. And I think when you get in that scenario, people forget that you still have to be a great mentee. And that goes a few different ways, but you're a great mentee too. You tell me all these people you're keeping up with and and you're open-mindedness, you're challenging other people, you're trying to learn from other people, you're keeping up with people. That's being a great mentee. I think sometimes we 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 get to this mentorship and all I just look through things, once again, through one lens of being a mentor. I'm here to mentor you and mentor you and mentor you. But you forget that in order to be a good mentor, you got to keep on learning and growing still. That requires you to be a good mentee. You can't just flip that off. These things are constantly working in unison together. Yes, I'm a mentor, but I'm constantly a mentee. And I think the better mentor you are, as you said, Jay, is you're a mentee even to your staff members. I'm trying to take some, Can can does, does my intern look through a different lens than I do? Absolutely, right? Probably very much, he'll, he'll see things much more simply, probably ways that I probably looked at it 10 years ago. There's value to that. There's obviously value to experience, but there's also sometimes value to ignorance when they're looking at things. So being a mentee to the people that taught you, but even being a mentee to the people you're teaching, I find a ton of value in that. And I can just hear from listening to you that that's something that you're constantly doing as well.
0: Trying. That, that part's hard. I think that we both agree with that, right? Is that again, going all the way back to almost the beginning because of your biases especially when you get old like it gets hard man like I get why doc got grumpy. You know like I get it like I get like where that came from and I get where like some people kind of got set in their ways and there are some people some some people who have been in the profession for a long time who. Kind of come off at times on social media is very get off my lawnny. Like I understand that. Like I understand where that comes from. as, as I've gotten older and, and tried to do my best to get back. But I think that um, I think that at the end of the day, the more that you can sit there and surround yourself with people that are not afraid to tell you, bro, shut up. Like. That's important and that's why I'm lucky to be where I'm at with the with the crew of people that I'm at. I think that you'd say the same about you know the crew you got up there in Buffalo. Got to give a shout out to my guy Sean Connody who's up there. It's a, it's a heck of a staff. You guys got up there to be able to do those sort of things and wrap and, and figure those things out because it's different thoughts different sports different ideas. And I think that that is. Where it is. Because again, like cliche, right? Sport coaches all think that their sport is unique. Okay. Well, then how come basketball and football strength coaches never talk about shit? Like, how often do Olympic sports strength coaches sit down in a basketball or football weight room and talk to people about stuff? Yeah. Like, again, like, I got windows in my house, but it's not glass, right? Like it's, we throw a lot of stones at that stuff, and it's like again, like Donzcoff says, man, we gotta point the thumb a bit. But no, man, I sleeve, dude. This is a rad hour. I appreciate your time, bro. Like, this is great, man. I and mean, we could probably keep this going for another hour and a half, two hours. But I'm, I'm gonna let Joe Rogan keep his shows at three hours and not try to take the, uh, take <laughs> the mantle
1: from him. <laughs> Some, uh, we need some beers to go that long. So next time we're physically together after COVID, we'll make that three-hour conversation happen, but we'll also rack up a bar tab
0: doing it. No doubt, man. I'm holding you to that, brother. But, man, it's great to see you. I'm glad you're doing well, and uh, we'll be in touch real soon, brother. All right, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Yeah, man. Cheers. Thank you.